guys because it's time for another episode of outwatch a survivor rewatch podcast my name's alex your host and guide through outwatch where we are taking on old seasons of survivor and rewatching, recapping and reacting to what happens each episode you have caught us in the middle of season 33 of survivor millennials versus gen x and this is episode eight of that season titled I'm the Kingpin, the thrilling merge episode of this top tier Survivor season, if you ask me. I am joined, as always, by my three co-hosts who are taking their first dive into the world of Survivor through Outwatch um, here, right here on this podcast for you to get the takes uh, fresh from the lips of the new survivor viewers <laughs> on the podcast i don't i don't like this new intro you're <laughs> i th- i thought i nailed it we are woke survivor fans at this point <laughs> i'm likely but maybe we have watched three and a half seasons yeah, something to consider. <laughs> cool. Uh, this episode is a really, a really good one, I think. Um, and so we will um, get into what happens in this episode here shortly. But first, you should meet my co-hosts um, in order of their scoring in our fantasy Outwatch game. So that means, Adam, you're up first. Welcome to Outwatch. So good to be here, Alex. So good to be number one on the scoring sheet. But. <laughs> much to the disgust of our other co-hosts the the funny thing about this episode and we'll get to it but the funny thing about this episode is uh adam michelle and taylor were all three of the people on the uh, chopping block this week and they're all on my tribe wow so Good point still crushed it just saying Speaking of Adam, uh, in this episode, Adam finds one of the first weird advantages that we've experienced in our Survivor rewatch, uh, a reward steal advantage, which gives him the power to, after someone's won a reward, to steal it. A novel concept. Mm. And that got me thinking, um, which in, you know, like the history of Survivor rewards that we've experienced, if, you know, somebody wins this thing and then somebody says, actually, Jeff, I have this advantage and I'm going to steal it would create a wild reaction for us to react to. Um, Adam, what do you think the answer to that would be? Um, do you remember that one like bathtub reward that? Uh, yes. In Dino Amazon? and Dave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dino and Dave. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I feel like that would be the fun. Like not because anyone back in the drive actually understood how weird that was. Uh-huh. <laughs> From the viewer perspective, that like Adam's like, oh, actually, actually, Jeff, I'd like to choose who I take a bath with. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff, um, I'd like to go sit in a bath with Dina. <laughs> <laughs> that's really good. Uh, that's a great answer. Uh, Emily, welcome to Outwatch. Thanks for having me. So, same question: What reward would you like to see stolen? I think it, this could be wild. It's the loved ones challenge. That would be a shitty, shitty thing to do. Wait, wait, wait. I'm not done. They steal, but they keep the loved one. So they go with oh. the loved one. I think actually I'd like to take a trip with this dude's wife. <laughs> That's incredible. Talk about a reaction. <laughs> Jay, here comes your mom, Nancy. Uh, Jeff, um, <laughs> I'd like to use my reward steal, and I would like to have a picnic with Jay's mom, Nancy. <laughs> here is what would be the most amazing. Taylor wins. Biggie is his love. <laughs> and Adam comes. 
he's like, actually, I would like to take on a picnic with you. <laughs> that would be top tier. Taylor, I screwed you again. Yeah. <laughs> I screwed you. I lied to you and I screwed you. <laughs> and then I took your girlfriend on a picnic. Yes. <laughs> uh, Scott, welcome to Outwatch. Hello. Scott, <laughs> what reward would you like to see stolen? So this wasn't quite a reward, but I thought it'd be hilarious. Like the Survivor Amazon, like random bed in the woods thing <laughs> that um, Dave and Jenna got to do. Dude, Dave just got to do all the like awkward Dave? date options. Yeah, he did, didn't he? <laughs> Try bangerang, baby. <laughs> I thought that would be funny. It's all gravy, baby. <laughs> yeah. I thought it'd be funny if that was like a reward, and then yeah, you swapped out. It'd be yeah. People would talk. Let me just say, people oh, would for talk. sure. Scott, Emily, and I specifically didn't say a GMC envoy because we. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about that, but the thing to steal though. That's the thing. Like if this advantage existed in the the earlier phase of survivor where there was a car as a reward this is actually a very valuable advantage (laughs) you can steal a car but But now you're just like stealing kebabs i would be so i'd feel terrible stealing another man's gmc envoy yeah (laughs) that couldn't do that that's like the thing with this sort of thing is like maybe you gain some short-term value but whoever you steal a thing from is going to hate you isn't that the this is the season that had that as a theme like early on? It was like short term reward versus long term gain or something oh, like yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. So I guess this is just a continuation of it. Well done, Survivor. Way to keep the uh, theme alive without being too obvious about it. There you go. I also thought about like there's some really um there's some rewards that are pure product placement. And we've seen some of these, right? Like with the um the Outback Steakhouse reward. Like that would be really funny if you're like, Jeff, I wanted to say the Applebee's pineapple Rita. Yeah. Yeah. Or the Applebee's pineapple Rita. Yeah. Like Jeff, I must consume Applebee's. (laughs) Or like even there's been a few, um, these are like the worst viewing moments in all of survivor, but it's like your reward is we have a special pre-release copy of Jack and Jill that you can watch here in this theater in Fiji. And so the reward is they get to like watch this movie and it's, you know, it's just a product spot for this movie that's coming out and it's always a terrible movie. Right? That's a thing that happens. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Oh, driver. It's Jack and Jill. One time that movie where Adam Sandler is Jack and Jill. There's another time where it's like that Jack Black where he's a giant movie. Is it like Gilligan's Island or something like that? No, Gulliver's Travels. Gulliver's Travel, whatever. (laughs) Gilligan, Gulliver, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, and the people are always forced to be like, wow, that was just a great time, great movie, can't wait. If you're looking for something to do, really go check it out. Yeah. Uh Survivor. (laughs) Imagine like, oh, Jeff! I have to see this movie. <laughs> I'm using my advantage. As always, it's a real testimonial when you're like, I haven't watched TV in a month. I haven't eaten real food in a month. And this was the best thing I've ever seen. I'm like, yes, I believe that that's true. Yeah. Jack and Jill has a 3% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yep. Three. 3.3 out of 10 on IMDb and 23% on Metacritic. That's but terrible. That is very bad. According to Google users, sixty-five percent of people like this movie. So, who are you gonna trust? I don't know. Definitely not those elite critics. Probably not the survivors either. So, (laughs) you have to try to be that bad. Yeah. I mean, I've never heard of this movie to be honest. I like vaguely remember this now. I remember it that it was very bad. Like I I never saw it, but I remember people talking about how bad it was. Anyway, so this episode um, is the merge episode and uh, we get our first taste of the post merge game here in Survivor Millennials versus Gen X. Let's start our discourse by heading to tree mail and heading the main story points of this episode. What do you say, guys? Let's do it. Take a walk with me down to tree mail. Only if we talk quietly and plot. So. We start with Oh, God! 
Favorite Survivor ASMR podcast. Hannah is very upset that Jay left her out of the vote. I can't do this sustainably. I was about to say, somebody's coming up. Stop. Uh, Hannah feels slighted by being excluded from the vote. Um, and yeah, feels as though. Uh, she should be trusted and that she's not being given the credit that she deserves. And right then we merge folks. It's time for the merge, uh, back at the merged camp. Zeke expresses some wariness of Jay and the other millennial bros, but also then the gen X bros gaming up and forming a bro super pack. Um, while everyone else is feasting at the, uh, merge feast, Adam heads to tree mail and finds a steal a reward advantage, which we've discussed, which allows him to namely steal a reward. Later that night, Taylor gets a stash of food from the the feast and smuggles it, uh, eats a little bit and then uh, stashes it away in the beach. Brett catches him doing this, but kind of leaves it leaves him alone But Adam catches him, too, and takes this opportunity to follow him down to the beach and use it as a grounds for the building of trust. And he reveals some information to him about his steal a vote advantage and pitches to him the idea of voting will out at this point. Taylor, of course, plays along, but is really not on board with Adam's attempt. Uh, Gen X plus Zeke gang up here and debate voting out Taylor at this point. And then Taylor and Jay mentioned voting out Adam upon the information that he shares with Taylor. But Zeke overhears this. At Immunity, we've got what is colloquially known as the Parvati Shallow Challenge, a reference that you guys won't get until some other point. But it's the one where they uh, have their hands tied to a big pail of water And you have to keep your hands up there or else the water falls and dumps on you. After a grueling hour and a half long challenge, Will outlasts Jess and wins immunity. Back at camp, Jay tries to get his millennials on board with voting Adam out. But Michelle uh, states some wariness about breaking up the millennials at this point. Adam then hooks up with Gen X and Zeke. Um, to get on board with them, but then goes back to the well of Taylor and tries to talk to him again um, before Hannah talks him off the ledge and gets him to calm, calm down. At Tribal Council, after much debate about food stealing and the like, it turns out that Michelle is voted out nine to four. The other four votes, all from the Cool Kid Millennial Alliance, land on Adam, who keeps the idol in his pocket despite being a target and receiving votes. And so, long story short, Michelle is the first player voted out of the merge stage in this game and the first member of our jury. And Adam, you lose Michelle, the first player that you've lost since Cece a few episodes ago. Um... Yeah, what what do you think Michelle did wrong here? Um, what do you appreciate about her game? Give us our our eulogy um, to Michelle. Uh, well, I mean, Michelle was a smart player. She uh, she when, when she saw things weren't going her way, she knew how to hustle to try and uh, switch things up. We saw that in the uh, Mari vote. Yeah. Um, I. I I think that she was probably one of the smartest players in the game at the moment, but she had done a really good job of staying pretty far under the radar. Honestly, um, the things that she did wrong, she uh, decided to defer to Jay, even though she didn't really know that voting Adam out was the best move right now. Yeah. Um, and so she stuck with her alliance and decided, you know what, I'm just going to keep my head down and you know do what everyone else seems to want to do. And she uh, it, she clearly didn't she clearly wasn't very in touch with the rest of the tribe. Um, I don't know. I think we I think we lose a lot by losing Michelle where we did. Um, I, I I think we really would have seen a lot more from her as yeah. the numbers dwindled down. Yeah. But 
you know, it is what it is. Basically, she got voted out because they were worried that Jay or Taylor would have an idol. Mm -hmm. And honestly, that was a fear for one of them, but neither of them were thought they were on the chopping block. So I don't know why that was such a big deal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right that like Michelle clearly has strategic acumen that um, we've seen a few different times that it would have been, I don't know, interesting to see play out here on a grander stage, but it is cut short as yeah, she um, gets a little bit of the, the splash damage. Um, on the targeting of Taylor and Jay specifically. Um, She's the one who goes down here at this point because of that. Yeah. I think what you said about her could be said of that whole group, right? Where Michelle Taylor, Jay and Zeke, not Zeke, sorry, will are all voting together and they have like blinders on, you know, they're like not seeing what's happening on the tribe around them. They're so confident in their group that they can't imagine not being in control. And they don't realize that everyone else has been like, actually um, screw them. And yep. they vote against them. So, bummer to lose Michelle um, at this point, but that means that Jay and Taylor and Adam live to see um, another day. So, guys, what do you think was uh, the high point of this episode for you? What was most entertaining or engaging or strategically interesting or funny? Um, Scott, did you have a high point? from this episode. I don't know if it was like a high point, but the most notable thing was like Adam's multiple, like big attempts to woo Taylor. Yeah. (laughs) Unsuccessfully. Like he just kept going back to that. Like you said, back to that. Well, so many times I'm like, eventually I'm like, what are you doing? Like, stop. Yeah. And finally, I think they got through to him and he was able to save himself. But like, I was, I was honestly really worried for like, halfway through the episode like i was like he's gonna go down and mm-hmm. then even going into tribal i'm like if i were him i would definitely consider playing this idol yeah like because he just the more he talked i feel like the worse it got for yeah. him yeah this kind of goes back i think to what we said about adam last episode where he's like always gonna try and make the highest degree of difficulty move you know where in this case again it's like getting Taylor on your side where he could have just said, you know what? Screw them and voted with the Gen Xers and not tried to salvage that relationship. Right. But he's still trying really hard to pull that in still. Yeah. I honestly see this more as an insecurity around Taylor than him trying to play. Interesting. High moves because it's always about Taylor. And I feel like he just wants Taylor to like him. Honestly, I I think that's what it is. I think Adam is a smart player, but I think he gets in front of himself Mm. and he's his own obstacle. And I see that in the way that he comes at Taylor. It's just like, he's so desperate Mm -hmm. and that's so clear in the way that he's talking to him Mm -hmm. in the last episode when he's like, I screwed you, you know, like Mm -hmm. if you were confident in your decision, I feel like Taylor would respect you more for you to be able to say like, listen, I'm sorry, but this is a game and this is the way it has to go. And just leave it at that. Instead of just being like, I am vermin. Like I did this horrible thing to you. And then the same with (laughs) this one where we see Brett being like, well, that sucks that he's just pilfering food, but whatever. Yeah. But Adam is like, not only am I going to like notice this, but I'm going to get up and just like, it's just, it just, it's so clear to me that he's just like, we're bros. Let me tell you something really important about my game. Sure. And it it just feels, I don't know. He's just so clumsy. Like, cause his whole, his whole thing in like befriending Taylor in that moment was, Hey, like you're secure with Jay. Look how tight Jay and Will are. Yeah. Like, do you still feel like you're Jay's number two? I don't know, man. Like you just spent the last 10 days with me and Ken and Jessica, like this, this is the, like the seed that he's trying to plant in his head in, in, in Taylor's head. And what happens is, is he kind of like, he just so bluntly is like, Hey, we should vote out will because like Jay's wills number two. Right. And then you'll be Jay's number two. So that's cool. Like, and it just, he doesn't, he doesn't plant the seed and let like the doubt grow. What he does is try to tell Taylor what to think. Yeah. 
I just see it as a lack of confidence. I think if he were confident in the decisions that he were making, he'd be able to make his points more clearly, but maybe that's well, just me. Yeah. Well, and I think I think it's definitely in part that Adam Adam wants to have every option available in front of him. Yeah. He wants to be able to, make, to make to make any decision that he wants in whatever moment he wants. And like I think Zeke said it best where Zeke was like Adam is kind of the worst teammate to have right now. Yeah, because he's just he's just always talking and you don't know that you can trust him. And so the way Adam's playing this game is basically like he, he's playing it kind of like an island. Yeah, he's just playing it like he's flailing because yeah. he, he just doesn't trust himself to, or anyone else. Well, I do wonder, like, because he's kind of an admitted super fan, like he's probably seen like all these high level like survivor moments to this point. Yeah. I'm sure he's like trying, like, mm-hmm. like we, we touched on last like episode. Like, he knows what he like what he should do, or like what's been done before. But like, he's just stumbling and like executing it. I guess and he's out here. Like, he's out here swinging for the fences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a Joe, he's a Joey Gallo. You know, he's gonna yeah. pop, come up here. He's gonna hit a dinger. He's gonna strike out. Or he's gonna pop out to the second baseman. You know. I think it was a baseball reference. I was gonna say that could literally be a survivor or a baseball reference. I wouldn't know. That was baseball. Okay. okay. He's like an Alex Gurchev playing wiffle ball, really. <laughs> Except um, Adam still makes mistakes. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is the other thing is like at first when I saw Adam talking to Taylor, was I thought that that was something that like Taylor come up to Adam who was talking to him and Adam was kind of like I thought it was a moment where Adam was just sort of like playing along like oh man like I'm screwed like is there anything I can do like whatever and then like as his teammates are like watching him and talking about him you realize that like no Adam instigated this moment Adam decided that this was going to be something that he tried to do even though he has numbers Mm -hmm. can we also talk about no. Taylor getting the ball jar of food that he's, he stole. He's really yeah. good with ball jars, though. Yeah, that was a funny thing. The quote was, so, <laughs> and I, I'm not remembering it perfectly, but it was something along the lines of like, so I woke up and I just had an epiphany, like, I'm really good with ball jars. Yeah. And so I just put some food in a ball jar. I was like, what the heck is happening right now? Hey, not everyone can put food in a ball jar the way I Taylor can. I was just can. like, smoke weed somehow? <laughs> I don't like it. So how does one become good at ball jars? Right, like what does that even mean? <laughs> a skill. I'm gonna add that to my resume. What? what? <laughs> exactly. Spe- special interest ball jars. <laughs> yeah. Love He's just jar. really good at, at jarring and canning. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny too. Bizarre. Uh, who did I ask the favorite part? That was Scott, right? Yeah. Yeah, Emily, do you have a favorite part that we haven't touched on yet? Uh, I think I brought mine up just now. <laughs> I was really confused about ball jars. <laughs> exactly what I love and crave. <laughs> Taylor <laughs> to jars. <laughs> uh, Adam, what was your highlight moment of this episode? Um, and I think we've touched on a lot of the good ones with Adam and Taylor. Uh, I. I love the way that people talk to each other in this one. Yeah. Um, because like, like Taylor and Jay are sitting on the beach talking to each other, like right next to a walking path. So of course Zeke hears them. And it's very much this like, are you aware of like mm. that you're living with, you know, 11 other people? Um, but also there's a, there's a shot where all of the Gen Xers are sitting on a log on the beach. And they're just talking about how Taylor stole a bunch of food yeah. and like how they need to get rid of them. <laughs> and it's such, I don't know. I just loved it because none of them are looking at each other. They're all just like looking out to the ocean and like, we got to get rid of this Taylor kid, man. Like he stole a bunch of food. And like, yeah, I thought it was great. <laughs> yeah. All the like Adam Taylor stuff is just very interesting in this, this episode, this whole storyline I find to be just very, yeah. Intriguing. It's pretty fascinating. Um, I love there's like a couple things from this episode that really stood out to me. One is the like, I feel like this is it's subtle, but I feel like this is kind of Hannah's coming out party where she shifts from just being kind of like a goofy person to like 
she has like these really funny moments in this episode that are like show stoppingly funny, I think. But also like we see her strategic like prowess set in now too. where at the beginning of the episode. She like really calmly and effectively tells Jay like, hey, like you can trust me. I would have voted with you like. I, you know, I'm not going to blow it up like that. Right. And then she's really, I think, instrumental in getting Adam to calm down here towards the end of the episode mm. by also calmly approaching him and like telling him what's really going on. I think that like, Hannah has a really strong episode. She she explained to Adam what he's doing wrong yeah. really well, yeah. actually. Like it was impressive. Like there yeah. was kind of a you saw like the two sides of Hannah from last episode, seeing her reaction to Michaela getting voted out mm-hmm. to where you see this kind of like, she's freaking out, like anxiety driven, mm-hmm. like kind of person to this episode where she's like, Adam, like you need to stop. This yeah. is what you're doing to everybody. Like you have numbers. You need to stop. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That. And then I just like this challenge, this immunity challenge is such a survivor classic. This is like one of the iconic, survivor challenges it's been ran nine times in the history of survivor wow jeez um and like always leads to like these epic like battles that are lasting forever there's always like interesting character moments that happen um as a result uh fun fact will is the first male to win this challenge uh yeah it's been won by a female five times prior um, and like they, as Jeff, you know, waxes poetically about in the course of the challenge, like it's been changed a number of times, um, going in to this season where they like progressively make it harder, like in past occurrences, they've, um, had only like one hand attached, um, or they had, and then, okay. At one point they had just one hand and could like use their other hand still to like hold their other hand up. Right. Mm. Um, at this point you have to use both hands and later iterations, you can only use one hand, but you can't use your other hand to hold it up. Um, which makes it significantly harder. Mm. Anyway, the, um, the record for this challenge in length is, um, six hours. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Wild. I don't think I could have minutes. Yeah, insane. Terrible. I've never done it. <laughs> that sounds awful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Six hours. And you're like, I mean, you're malnourished at this point. <laughs> like, ugh. Yep. yep. Great challenge. Uh, yeah, and I think what? that, like, the way that that played out in this one, right, obviously you see, like, Will and Jess go head-to-head and, like, very understated but good character moments there between them where like you know at this point too where you've been like exerted and like jeff is being emotionally exploitive and asking jess what her like kids would think about this right (laughs) but it leads to like this really tight good character package where it's like jess talks about her kids and then will's like yeah like my mom was the same way and then also very subtle, right? And we already like know the beginning of Adam's um, like story with his mom, who's sick at this point. Oh, yeah. Where Adam just on the sit-out bench is like, you see him like wince, um, or like go like, oh man. Just I think a really really tightly packaged good story oh, moments it, there too. It, it, punctuated by David, who like turns around, he's like, this is gonna go for hours. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh-huh. yeah great challenge. So let's go and hit the major beats that we haven't really talked through um, yet. I think that a good place to start here is at the merge. Um, And I wondered who is here still in this game at the merge that you're surprised has made it this far. Um, Adam, was there anybody that's still in the game that you didn't expect to be here when we got to the merge? Um... I think Sunday is a little surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, the number one overall pick of our Outwatch fantasy draft. Yeah. 
I don't know. I like as the game progressed, like she's someone who's so like purple edited that like when you see that she made the merge, you're like, really? She made the merge, but also like we don't know anything about her. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Like she's not really a threat, but she's also not like you know not contributing to challenges. So it kind of makes sense, I guess. Um, I don't know. I think like I'm, I'm trying to think of people who are on the bottom of the Gen Xers. So like David and Chris. Not Chris, sorry, David and Ken. I'm kind of surprised that they made it this far, but like also not because they made some really good big moves. I don't mm-hmm. know. Everyone in this, like we said it last episode, like everyone in this game right now, it feels like anyone can make a move that just fundamentally changes the game. So it's hard for me to look at people and be like, yeah, I don't know how they got here. Yeah. Scott, was there anybody who's still in the game that's surprising to you? My first thought was like, if we were just going to go by like the first two or three episodes, like I really would have thought David would have been gone by now. Yeah. Cause I feel like he would have done something to like get himself voted out. Um, but yeah, I'll go like him and then like Ken as well. Like, Cause they were so like far down on the totem pole mm-hmm. and we talked about, we've talked at length about how like Ken just keeps it real and like, we'll just be blunt kind of mm-hmm. and how like i don't know like those two i'm kind of sort of like i could easily have seen them getting voted out by now so i suppose them yeah emily do you have any thoughts um when the merge happened it's not like i singled out anyone in my head and thought this about them but since we're talking about it honestly my answers are the same as scott's i think based on the first episodes i would have thought david wouldn't have made it this far um, but as I mentioned in our last episode, you know, he's really found his place in this game. So at this point, I guess I'm not really surprised to see him. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, just echoing Adam, I think really any of these people could change the game. I think there's no like duds necessarily. Yeah. And then I think also in a, Good question to ask here at the merge is like, who do we really think is in a good place um, in the game? Yeah, like looking out at the remaining field. Um, yeah, who's who's in a good spot to uh, really run with things here going forward, do you think? Adam, does anybody uh, jump out as being in a power position? I think I think if Adam, if 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 Adam had been better at what he was trying to accomplish over the last two episodes, we could say Adam, but Mm -hmm. I just don't, I don't feel strongly. I know I said like three episodes ago that that was going to be his like game winning move, but obviously that was a joke and I'm coming off of it. Um, (laughs) Zeke is my answer. I think. Okay. Uh, Zeke just seems, he seems really confident. He seems to see the game the way it is. He has, enough Gen Xers on his side that he could split off with a solid alliance of a couple Gen Xers and a couple Millennials. He could flip back to Millennials and kind of do this. Like Zeke has so many options in this game and like the decisiveness to make those decisions. I, I feel really good about Zeke where we are, but also basically like, I think so many people will be gunning for Jay and Taylor that they're about the only two that I'm like, they don't really have a shot. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Zeke is a uh, a good intuitive pick. Yeah, like looking at how his relationships are brought forward in this episode, right? Where like he clearly has connections on both sides. He's like rolling with the Gen Xers, but also has his like coalition of nerds as he calls them. Yeah, Zeke looks to be in a really good spot. Anyone else that really jumped out as like a somebody in a really strong position? I th- I feel like everybody's kind of got like an equal ish shot. Um I was about to say Zeke, but Besides him, like, I can't think, like, everybody's kind of got their own little group. Yeah. And, like, it could easily, like, it could easily shake up and that could change. But, like, this going in, like, everybody's kind of got, like, 
some people are still like in the old like Gen X millennial like mindset. Some people have moved on. Everybody's kind of got like a core group of like two or three or four. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see like how it shakes up. Mm-hmm. Chris too. Chris is probably someone else I would add to that. Now that we're just kind of talking about it more. Sure. Yeah. We didn't see him much in this episode, but Chris like went from a like, yeah, we're strong. We got this uh, alliance on Gen X to being overthrown by David and Ken. Um, that I think he he kind of has this like I'm going to sit back and as long as things are going my way, I'm going to go for it. Mm-hmm. But also like I'm looking to make my move. Uh, like I think he's seen what being idle will do to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah I would throw him in that list too. Basically, like Zeke's. Anyone that's like actually friends with Zeke seems like they stand a good chance. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Zeke uh, says that Jay is the locus of power at this point, but maybe it's Zeke who himself is the locus. Not a locust. A mm-hmm. locus. I would be really happy if, if Zeke becomes the power player. Yeah, Zeke's a lot of fun. He's great in confessional, too. Yeah, also, I need all the fantasy points I can get. (laughs) (laughs) He's great on Twitter, too, y'all. Good follow. Yeah, he is. Um, Let's talk a little bit more about the Steeler Award advantage. Um, We, like, kind of poked fun at this and talked about it a little bit, but what did you guys think about this advantage when it was revealed um, with Adam finding it? Were you confused or interested, or did you think, like, wow, this isn't actually an advantage? what was your reaction to this advantage entering the game? Uh, Scott, what, what did you um, think about this advantage? Um, the first thing I thought was like, okay, so he has a chance to maybe go get food. Yeah. If he wants it. But then it might be like interesting. Like if I don't know if they'll do like a survivor auction mm-hmm. or something like that, but like if he could somehow like if somebody buys a, an a, like an advantage or something like that, like an immunity idol or something. If he could, would he be able to like swap that? You think? It's a good question. Um, this is all hypothetical. Yeah, but... there's no, uh, there's no auction in this season. But okay. I, I do wonder if an auction and um, a reward steal were in the same season. If you could steal individual auction items, because that would get really interesting. Yeah. I feel like Jeff is pretty open to like playing fast and loose with the rules as long as it's compelling. So yeah, like I could definitely see that. Um, Emily, did you have a reaction to this reward steal? Uh, honestly, my first thought was how the hell did he find that? Yeah, it was, I was, it always amazes me how they find these. I guess the Island is kind of your turf and whatever, but he just glanced up and he's like, Oh, look at that. Mm-hmm. So that blew my mind. Also that he's found them before. I was like, there's no way that your past experience has helped you look up into wells to find <laughs> this clue. It was nuts. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like my reaction was just kind of like, okay, that wasn't what I expected. And is this helpful? <laughs> I guess it'll just be interesting to see how that actually plays out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out how you use it without like seriously pissing someone off. Right. And or, Adam doesn't need to piss off anyone else. Right. Or or making like it's not even just the person that you're stealing from, but also this like, well, this person earned the reward and you took it from them. Mm-hmm. Like without making everyone else feel like you've just robbed someone. I don't know. This is a I don't feel like this is an advantage. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, I think that's like super fair uh i think that you the ways that you play this and it's a net positive to your game are a lot smaller than the ways that you play this and it like sinks you there's like a lot more options to do that i think yeah because yeah it's different than like i get this thing it's instead like i'm actively taking this thing that you have earned right you know which is like obviously going to piss someone off yeah, especially well, as we go further in the game. And and it might be that, like, it turns out that someone is just, like, dominant in reward challenges. And so, like, everyone's, like, really happy that, like, ah, yeah, take that. Mm-hmm. 
like the person who's been crushing it reward challenges didn't get the reward this time sure. but like I don't know. This just, I, I don't get it. I don't see how you use this thing without just pissing people off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll see how Adam um, employs this. Um, and especially after, yeah, this episode, he also reveals the information to Taylor. So now Taylor knows he has this as well. Um, let's see if that becomes a helpful move or if that comes back um, with negative consequences too. Has Adam talked about his game on podcast before? Because I'm so curious, like what he's thinking. <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard him. Um, I'm trying to think. I didn't really listen to. I don't think I listened to like Survivor podcast during Millennials vs Gen X. I think maybe that was right when I started to. Um, yeah, I think it was. I can't like remember him uh, talking about his game though, like in a long form discussion but yeah i know that like and it's like given to you from um this like episode two and you know every once in a while it's clear that he's like a large fan of the show right and so yeah i think that he is approaching things from this like game bot analytical perspective you know while also sometimes letting the rush of the survivor moment uh, cause him to maybe flying too close to the sun. He sees the advantages in, in his hands. He hears the Survivor theme song in his head. Oh, and I don't I you know, <laughs> and he's just like, gotta, gotta go for it. Um, okay, we talked about the food smuggle gate. Um, do we need to talk about this more? Is there more discussion that needs to happen? with Taylor smuggling this food and then Adam's weird opportunity, uh, opportunistic approach to talk to him. I feel like this. Yeah. It's like (laughs) a weird thing that happens. Uh, and like a weird reaction from the players. We can, we can segue into uh, tribal with it. If yeah. Yeah. if, if, If there's not another beat that we're missing. I think so. Yeah, there's the immunity challenge that we talked about already. I again, I just love this challenge. I thought it was really uh, compelling. And like impressive to watch. Guys, did you know Will's a high schooler? Didn't know that. Will's in high school. Crazy. What what are what are his friends probably doing right now? Not Hmm. this. That's for sure. Wow. Not playing Survivor. Just Will's doing that. He looked like he was about to cry when he won immunity. Dude, well, if I ever got on Survivor and won an immunity challenge, I would 100% cry. Yeah, I'd be like, somebody take this picture. <laughs> his, his arms probably hurt, so I mean, it was probably just pain. Oh, we need to talk about Hannah's funny moments. We talked about her strong game moments. Uh, one strong funny moment in this challenge when Jeff's like, uh, you know, Jay, where do you feel it? And he's like, nowhere. I'm good. And he's like, Ken, where do you feel it? He's like, I'm fine. And then Hannah's like, Jeff, they're not being honest with you. It hurts really bad. I'll be honest with you. It hurts here and here and here. <laughs> that was super funny. And then I don't This was a quick moment. So I don't know if you caught it, but when they're talking about the, the food being stolen at tribal um, and like, yeah, like Taylor's like, well, I was like hungry in the middle of the night or whatever. And Jeff like asked a few people if they were hungry and they were like, yeah. And then they asked, he asked Hannah, are you hungry? And Hannah said, Jeff, I could eat you. That, <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, that made me laugh a lot. That was really incredible. <laughs> <laughs> something, I don't know what it is, but something like when Michaela gets voted out switches for Hannah. It just she just feels so much more like confident. Yeah, I don't know what that is, but she's on one this episode. It's really good. Um, I yeah, going into this this tribal council, this is another one of those like really chaotic pre-tribal scenes um, where you're given a lot of different options. Ultimately, of course, um, it's Michelle who goes home. Did you think that was going to be? what happens or were you thinking it was going to be Adam or Taylor or, um, or someone else, Emily, what, what was in your mind going into tribal? Uh, like who was going to go home? Yeah. Yeah. As always with this season, 
I'm just like, I've kind of just resigned to it at this point because every single oh, <laughs> That was a misclick. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, every single episode, it seems like we have a plan and then someone's like, wait a minute. And then they make a different plan mm-hmm. and then the show's like, you'll have to find out what happens. Yeah. And at this point, I've been like, what's going to happen? And at this point, I'm just like, whatever. I'll just see what happens because I don't know. Like it's always, it could go in so many different directions. Yeah. I guess the thing with this tribal is I really thought based on what we saw from Adam, that he could totally be on a chopping block. And I was wondering if he was going to play his idol. And I was thinking through every scenario of like, okay, he plays his idol, but he stays in. What does that do for him? He plays his idol and he was going out. Well, then who might go home? Yeah. He doesn't play his idol and he goes home. Like how sucky would that be? And yeah. So that really kept me on the edge of my seat. I really thought Adam had a good chance of going home. Mm-hmm. Adam, what did you think? I I knew that they were trying to build that tension of like potentially Adam's going home, but I just didn't think that I fell for it. Well, yeah. And and sinker. I didn't I didn't go into it thinking that Taylor was gonna go home and then was surprised by Michelle. I was just waiting for the first vote to pop up. And when it was Michelle, I was like, okay, Michelle's going home. Mm. Um I don't I know that. I don't think that Adam is like super high in the chain of like Zeke's like favorite people to be working with. Yeah. But he's not so bad that I think Zeke sees him as someone that he needs to get rid of. Um, Especially after everyone kind of saves him. It's sort of this like, Hey, like you're with us now. Mm -hmm. We saved you sort of thing. So I don't know. I just, I don't feel like it would have made sense for everybody to flip on Adam. Like Adam gives you the number. I mean, you don't, it's like nine to four or something like that. So right. you don't necessarily need him, but like the longer you keep people, you aren't a fan of in the game to get rid of people that like are in theory on your side. Then the longer those people you don't like have to sway people to their side. Sure. So I, I think it makes sense to get rid of people that like are good at the game and keep people who are sporadic, but not necessarily great at the game like Adam. Mm hmm. So I don't know. I, I went into it. I was like, it's either going to be Taylor or Michelle. They should go for Taylor. Michelle's name came up and I was like, well, I guess it's Michelle. And mm-hmm. that was, that was my emotional state in it. So, yeah, it's definitely like a wild episode for Adam. It's like all over the place for him. Yeah. It is. They definitely like, they definitely give you that tension of like, they could potentially just flip on Adam and be like, you know what? Like screw this guy. Yeah. Like they give you that tension for sure. Yeah. Kind of like the officer Sarah tribal at, in Kagiyan, where like yeah. there's somebody who's in a decision making place or like wouldn't be the one going home, but then they freak out so much that it ends up being them. Yeah. Um, so Jay Taylor and will survive from the, the cool kids Alliance, um, but are firmly on the bottom of things now. Um, what do you think their path forward is um, as individuals or as a group? Scott, what do you think it's going to take for Will and Jay and Taylor um, to move forward in the game? Well, I think if they're going to truly like stay together, they're going to have to probably look at corralling those fringe players that you know, maybe aren't with, like either really low on their current stay or like, I think like the first people that came to my mind are like Brett or Sunday. Like if they're going to yeah. like truly like stay together, otherwise they're like, it might be smart for like, maybe like split apart. Like if Jay and Will are truly like boys, like split off, find another group to tear up with or, mm. you know, I don't really know. Like, especially if they don't have the numbers, the lions and the sand have kind of been drawn. Yeah. So I don't know, it's kind of tough. But, but in the morning lines in the sand, <laughs> will they what? stay or will they be washed away by the Fijian tides? <laughs> was that a quote from the show? Or that, that was something that Jeff said. Yeah. I think last episode. Yeah. Yeah. I, I never remember. missed that one. <laughs> <laughs> the Fijian tides. Yeah. It was, it was such a probes moment. Like, it was, yeah, it definitely was. Yeah. Emily, do you see a path forward for this group, um, either individually or collectively? Um, yeah, I think that 
They are very interesting because I think that Jay has really taken leadership here and it's been very clear. He's like been very warm with the Gen Xers and stuff. But as I always come back to, this is like the one thing I've learned from Survivor and the one thing that I can like say at a, a Survivor party, cocktail party. This is my one life. <laughs> the many that <laughs> we go to. <laughs> yes. If we ever went to one, this would be my bit of knowledge I could share. Um, the second that you have that power and you think you're doing great, that you're in charge, you are a threat. And so I think that will be interesting. I also think Will is interesting too, because he really worked hard to get that individual immunity. Obviously that was a very difficult challenge. Um, he's not number one in his alliance, but he's making really good connections with people, Mm -hmm. but he doesn't seem to be threatening. So I, I'm interested to see where he goes to. All right. Anything else from this episode before we get to Fantasy Survivor? Let's get those points. Let's do it. It's a good episode. I'm glad we're in the the merge phase. Uh, Things really pick up from here. So this episode in our scoring, everybody who is... In the game at the merge gets a cool 15 points um, to reward you for picking people who make it this far. Um, And so coming into this episode, Adam had five of his six remaining players, um, while Scott and Emily each had four. So Adam's going to pick up 15 more points than the other two on that um, basis this episode. Also, Adam finds the advantage, with it, which is also worth 15 points for Adam's tribe. Uh, so really just swimming in those points this episode. But that is, is of course, uh, balanced with Michelle being voted out. And so then when you add in the voting results, um, where Jay, Will, and Taylor voted incorrectly, Um, The points break down as follows. Uh, Scott received 100 points this episode, uh, raising the Motor Moron tribe to 360 total points. Uh, Emily's Avocado No Toast tribe pulled 105 points, raising their total to 440. And Adam gained 130 points this episode, thanks to Adam's a uh, high scoring um episode and uh now you are up to 495 points a lead of 55 points over second place um there are only 5 episodes remaining but there are a lot of players left and a lot of tribal councils left um one of these is a, at least one of these is a double episode so there's still plenty to go uh adam what do you think about your tribe here um now now the numbers are even after losing michelle each tribe has four remaining members adam you're left with adam david chris and taylor what do you think um how do you diagnose your chances here with a lead going into the merge phase you know i don't i don't know this is a this is a really tricky um I know I'm like pretty far in the lead, but like I could easily lose. I mean, like Taylor's definitely on the chopping block. Chris doesn't like David, which means that those two are going to be at ends. Adam is like the most sporadic player ever. I just like, I don't feel great about keeping all of them in for much longer. I feel pretty good about at least one of them getting to the final though. Yeah, you've got high scores in Adam and David, but you're right. They're both very, like, risky players. Yeah, because that's the thing. Adam is actually our number one scorer so mm-hmm, far. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Due David to his multiple advantages. Two with Jay. Mm-hmm. And then there's a 95. That's Will. There's another 90. That's Zeke. Mm-hmm. And then comes back to 85 with, like, one, two, three. Yeah. Four, four other players, two of those players are on my team. So yeah, I don't know. I feel like I have a pretty like I have some high scoring players, but I also have some like really low scoring players. So I feel like if we're just looking at stats, we're all pretty even. Sure. 
I just happen to have Adam and David who have each found two idols or an idol and a reward. Mm-hmm. And that's what's really boosted my game. Yeah. Uh, Emily, you're in second place looking at about a 55 point deficit. You've got Sunday, Jay, Will, and Brett here coming into the merge stretch of the game. Um, what will it take for you to catch the first place team? Oh, gosh. Um, hmm. Well, I was talking about how Jay is like, no, that's not true. <laughs> Maybe Brett will find an idol. Maybe Sunday will find an idol. Could be. I want someone to find an idol. That's how you get those big, big points. Yeah. But this is the thing. Your lowest scoring, you have Brett, who is 60. But then, or no, no, you have Brett, who is 80. Your lowest scoring player is Brett. Mm -hmm. And then it's 85, 95, 105. Like, it's all in, like, top three scorer range for everyone else. So Brett needs to find an idol. Yeah, you need need Brett to pull up some slack. Yeah, come on, Brett. Let's do it. And then, Scott, your team has um, developed a little bit of a deficit here. (laughs) You can say that. Yeah. Really what hurt you was losing a player so early on and getting zero points from Paul and then only a few from Figgy. And the players that you have are very much the opposite of what we were talking about with Adam, being Ken, Hannah, Zeke, and Jessica. Players who aren't really rocking the boat, creating a lot of chaos but also aren't pulling a lot of points. Um, do you think that this team has the longevity to um, rack up the points here in the late game? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If anybody's going to like do anything, I think it's going to be Zeke. Yeah. Um, I think he's got the most potential to like find an idol or make a big move or do something crazy. Um, just because we've talked about he's got like, super well connected in the game. Um, everybody else has kind of fallen into that. Like, I think they have a good shot of sticking around a while, but mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to like do anything. <laughs> sure. Like, I think they'll like vote correctly. Um, like I could see Ken maybe win in a challenge maybe Jessica win in a challenge. Yeah. Um, and I could see like Hannah going far again, like what if she gets aligned correctly, but like, I don't think I'm going to like make a ton of noise, <laughs> but that said, I really like the people on my team and I'm like excited to like root for them. Yeah. But I don't foresee, I don't foresee me doing much. So I think we have a good shot at having a three-way final here though. Yeah. Like, I could see one person from each tribe making it to the final. Interesting. Yeah. That could be interesting. Even at that, though, even if like somebody on my team were to win, I think I'm so far behind. Even like even Emily, like, I got to see even Emily. <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel. In this like, <laughs> yeah, like the way that this is like for now, the way that this works, you know, as we've seen is like. You snowball points, though, right? Like if you have players that survive, you're by nature of their surviving, like getting more and more points, right? So, Scott, you're, like, down right now because you, like, lost players earlier than the other tribes, right? But if you keep players yep. longer, then that'll swing in the other direction. That's true. So, yeah, we just got to stay alive. Just don't get your, your torch snuffed. Indeed. <laughs> I wonder if we could, like, maybe double point values after the merge or something. That may be, like, too much, but we can think about this for next season. We're already, if we're looking at last season, um, let's see, Matthew and Jenna were our highest point earners and they were at 170. Yeah. And then after that, someone, Rob has 145 and then it's like 100, 115, 110, 90, 90. Yeah. So like we're already like, there are a lot more points being thrown around in this season than previous seasons yeah obviously way more advantages i mean there are advantages that there weren't at that point way more players um so like more opportunities player points like we're already pretty much where like the lowest scoring players were last season are yeah i guess that's true i wonder why that is are there more episodes too i don't 
think so. We did like seven and eight. Amazon time. had four, 13, 14, 14 episodes, and then there were mm-hmm. three tribals in that. Mm. Or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, we'll see how it all shakes out next time. On, oh, wait, we have to do participation trophies. Oh, you, know, you know what another big thing is, is naming the episode. That wasn't a big thing in True. Amazon either. Five so. points per episode to the yeah. episode namer. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, participation trophies. Participation trophies. Adam, who gets your participation trophy this episode? Which is, of course, uh, the award we give to the highest performer. It's got to it's got to go to Zeke for me. I think Adam was much too middling and anxious to get it. Um, Zeke really came in at the end there and like rallied the Gen Xers around the people that he wanted gone. And I yeah, I I think Zeke was not as front and center, but he was a really solid player this game. He gets my participation trophy because he participated. He participated. Uh, Scott, who gets yours? Um. This might be a stretch, but I'm going to give it to Hannah. All right. Um, Because I feel like she came to play this episode. I feel like this was like the first one where she was actually kind of like super strategic. Yeah. And like, even like her big thing with Adam, like, you need to calm the heck down. Right. Um, That was big. And then like like her one-liners were really good. So Mm -hmm. good Hannah episode. And also, I just need team motor morons need something here. So. (laughs) Great Hannah episode. Emily, what about you? I actually was going to give it to Hannah, too. Yeah. And I'm going to stick with that decision for all the reasons that Scott said. Yep. Including the team motor morons morale. <laughs> motor moron morale. Motor <laughs> moron morale. <laughs> uh, Hannah's getting mine, too. Woo! This is Hannah's episode. If you ask me. Great stuff out of Hannah. Subtle stuff, but really showing why uh, she may be a slept-on player in this game. Anything we're missing before the next episode, we can, of course, open it up to trades if anybody's interested in trading. Our um, occasional check-in on the blockbuster Chris for Will trade. That was who it was traded, right? Yes, yes. it was. Uh, Chris at this point is at 85 points and Will is at 95, meaning that Emily has the slight edge in that deal. Mm. It's really, really pulling me back on the team score. (laughs) Uh, Mm. If Will hadn't won this immunity, it would be a a deadlock. Yeah. Given the fact that that Will is a part of the Jay Taylor alliance and they just got blindsided, I feel better about it. Sure. But he's such a challenge threat. But he is a challenge threat. He also has the potential to absolutely align with other people. And I don't know that Chris has that uh, has that social game, but we'll see. All right. Next time on Outwatch, we will continue with our Millennials versus Gen X rewatch with episode nine of the season titled Still Throwing Punches. Uh, Jay or Taylor name, isn't it? I think that's a pretty good guess. This is another good one. Um, Make sure that you are subscribed so you don't miss our coming episodes uh, or anything else on the podcast channel. And also subscribe on YouTube to Megabed Media, where we post um, audio versions on YouTube of our podcasts. And uh, not just this podcast, but the other members of the Megabed Media podcast family. And yeah, we've been uh, tossing around the idea of Outwatch merch. If you've got ideas for what you'd like to see on a shirt, send us that info. And lastly, uh, don't forget about listener support, where you can opt into sponsoring our podcast financially, keeping the lights on, so to speak. It goes a long way in helping us continue to produce the pod. And hey, we're going to like add an incentive right now that I'm coming up with right now. If you I will order Cola Guard and tell you what it's like. If you support Outwatch, Adam will order Cola Guard and tell you what Cola Guard is no. like. <laughs> you shit in a box and then send it 
to a, a man in a building and he's that like could be, that looks like colon cancer or not that could be a fun like megabed media youtube video <laughs> colagard unboxing video <laughs> yes <laughs> maybe not unboxing oh, we'll be unboxing <laughs> maybe not even boxing i'll be honest <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you, if you support with listener support, then you have um, the honor and privilege of getting to decide what our opening question is for a coming episode. So, um, big stakes, big big stakes. Num 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 num. We love the stakes. Uh, thank you for listening, <laughs> and we'll see you next time. <laughs> you almost got through it. <laughs>